When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam. Brandon, the American League wild card game was tonight. The Red Sox defeated the Yankees 6-2 to tonight. Overall, that will end the Yankees season. Brandon, any opening thoughts on the Yankees year? Well, LJ, on September 1st, I told you that I hope the Yankees didn't even make the playoffs. Let's not forget at the deadline, I want us to be sellers. For us to even be able to make the wild card game, I'm very appreciative of. And uh, it is what it is. I mean, sure, the Yankees were favored going into this game. I'm not sure what Vegas was thinking. Uh, in Boston with Garrett Cole, who struggled against the Red Sox the whole year. But it is what it is. Uh, only tw- only one team can be happy at the end of the year. 29 teams will be going home unhappy. So it is what it is. Uh, I've had to experience this the last however many years, since 2009. So... Can't be that mad, uh, but we're certainly going to get into it and break down pretty much everything. Absolutely. Um, Just a reminder, I was at the game, and boy, can I tell you, 
it was something else. This Can't is imagine. unlike any other game environment. I would have said this win or loss. It was unlike any other game environment that I'd ever been in. There was just, it was loud, of course, louder, certainly filled. Every seat was full, but there was just this certain buzz about it. Elimination baseball, rivalry elimination baseball, one game to decide it all that just really got you going. And I think I'm just going to establish this before we're going to go through the game inning by inning here today. That's really all we're going to focus on. But I think an overall theme that at least I've found with wildcard games, it usually comes down to which pitching staff steps up, particularly which starter comes out and grabs hold of the momentum early. If they don't set the tone for their team, their team is going to struggle. I mean, Brandon, you've, you've certainly been on the other end of it many times with the Twins and the A's where you guys have gotten after their starter early and just been able to get through that game because once once they go down a little bit, once they wobble, they usually fall over in this type of scenario. Yeah, I mean, let's not forget the Yankees go down 3-0 against uh, – the twins in the 2017 AL wildcard game. Uh, Didi Gregorius has the three run home run. They're back in that game. They end up winning the 2018 wildcard game. The Yankees pretty much dominate the whole time. The two common factors with those games, though they were played at Yankee stadium, this one in Fenway park. Uh, look, I mean, Garrett Cole, we're certainly going to get into it more, but I just felt like he couldn't throw his best pitches to your best hitters. Just seemed like he was scared to face your one through four hitters. And it is what it is. I mean, it, it happens. Uh, this is our ace and he didn't put up his best performance of the night and it, it happens. And you're certainly very happy with it, and I can't blame you. I mean, if I was in your spot right now, I would also be overjoyed. So can't be mad whatsoever. Overall, I'm going to say to start it is that it was a great season. Uh, Being able to be able to talk with you guys and give my thoughts after all, basically all 162 games of the season uh, was truly amazing and yeah I mean just being able to make the playoffs is a blessing sure the team was projected to you know make a deep run in the playoffs prior to the season but uh this is playoff baseball now I mean this is this is a serious time this is when you know we separate the the good teams from the great teams and that certainly happened tonight and uh, not much more to say before we get into the uh, actual recap. All right. Well, one more thing before uh, jump to pregame, Brandon, Jerry Remy comes back first time since July, July, that he has been at the stadium seen by anybody. He comes back to throw the first pitch. I'm not sure if they showed it on ESPN or not, but it broke it, it broke my heart. 
to see him like that. He did not look good. Certainly no. keep him in your thoughts and prayers. It This is really <laughs> kicking his butt as it does, but he's, he's a special guy. There's still a chance. I, I still hold out hope that he's certainly going to be able to come through it. But especially as a guy who's only 68 years old at the current moment. Uh, I mean, a guy who he's been commentating for Nesson since the eighties. Right. I mean, like he's like the Michael K basically of Nesson 30 years plus of doing uh, Red Sox broadcasts and uh, obviously his health is not good. I believe he had to leave during the middle of a game this year due to uh, it was like a shortness of breath or something yep. like that has been in the hospital for a long time. Uh, he's got lung cancer treatment that he's been going through throughout, yeah, the, yeah, throughout this the first pitch tonight. And uh, thoughts and prayers are absolutely with him because even as a Yankees fan, when I do happen to watch the Red Sox broadcast, he is just a class act and will certainly, certainly be missed on the Nesson broadcasts for the future. I did just pull it up. This is his fourth or fifth bout with cancer mm. after initial diagnosis in 2008 and then re- relapses in 2013 and then two in 2017 before this year. Just brutal, so brutal. Just amazing he's been able to fight it each time through. But anyway, first inning, the Yankees – go down the first two Stanton rips a ball off the green monster, but doesn't run it out. Thinks it's a home run that he wouldn't have got a um, double just, just saying, I mean, the ball was hit so hard off of the monster. I really don't think he would have got a double. I think it's also worth noting. They showed it on the broadcast. The very first pitch of the game, Anthony Rizzo hits a 114-mile-an-hour ground ball, literally right to Bobby Dahlbeck, the first baseman of the Red Sox. I mean, he couldn't have put it in a better spot for Dahlbeck to field it. I genuinely thought we were getting the best of Evaldi there in the first inning when I saw those two pitches. But, uh, yeah, LJ, you're right. He worked a clean inning. The Joey Gallo strikeout was a very questionable check swing strikeout in my opinion when you watch the replays it's it's questionable uh Evaldi though overall tonight looked very good but the first inning was certainly shaky from his part it wasn't his best it wasn't as best as he feels at this game but I would even go as far to say with the exception of that one mistake brilliant I couldn't be happier with it anyway let's go ahead to the bottom of the first Cole gets the first two, Schwarber and Kike Hernandez, then ends up walking Rafi Devers with a full count before he allows the first home run of the game to Xander Bogarts. This one goes deep to center field and really set the tone of the ball game. Yeah, I mean, Xander Bogarts goes, I believe it was 427 feet. Uh Honestly, was expecting it. I told my friends, I said, look, someone's going deep in the first inning, whether it's Rizzo, Schwarber, one of those top guys is going to hit a home run. 
happens to be Xander Bogarts, which I mean, uh, I can't say I'm surprised, but uh, overall, I mean, great, great swing by him. Really sets the tone of the game. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and definitely keep this in your mind as you're listening of who you'd end up giving the player of the game to, because I think we'll go ahead and do that at the end of each of these games that we talk about. I'm struggling to decide, and you will go into that later. The Yankees do pick up a hit, but end up with no no runs as well in the second. Certainly a stronger outing there as Evaldi strikes out both Gardner and Higashioka in this one. Brandon, what, for starters, what were your thoughts? Do you think this was purely a Garrett Cole, who do you, who he'd prefer to have catching him, decision to have Higashioka in this game? Yeah, I mean the fact that the Yankees put three catchers on their roster uh, really showed that they wanted to have Higashioka catching for Cole. He's been Cole's personal catcher for most of the year. You carry three catchers in the wild card game because the Yankees don't have to carry Jordan Montgomery or Jamison Tyone on their roster because they pitch Saturday and Sunday. They're obviously not going to be pitching today. And um, they put Rob Brantley on the roster to presumably pinch hit Gary Sanchez later in the game, which they end up doing. Uh, actually, yeah, yeah, not that it worked, but – uh, I understand it completely. That's what most Yankee fans expected uh, was for Higashioka to be catching. And uh, there was a lot of balls where I turned to a couple of friends and said, if that was Gary behind the plate, it's definitely a pass ball and the runners are advancing. So genuinely thought Higashioka caught well for a lot of this game. Yes, and then on the flip side, Kevin Pulecki, the backup catcher for Boston, comes in, uh, comes up to bat in the bottom of the second and rips a double to right field, the second hard hit of the night off of Garrett Cole. But Cole does manage to strike out all three other batters of that inning, so it doesn't come to anything. This decision was entirely offense-based, and I was kind of surprised by it. Now, numbers-wise, Ploiecki is the better offensive catcher, and he was also last year. Keep in mind, he was the team's batting champion last year um, during the shortened 2020 season. So it doesn't surprise me that much that he might go for a offensive choice like this. But at the same time, Christian Vasquez has been very hot of late. Um, Last last two games against Washington, he came up with multiple massive RBI clutch hits. So I was a little surprised to see him there. Other than that, one roster thing that I feel kind of stupid for not even thinking of, Brandon, remember when we were talking about who was going to take Jose Iglesias' spot on the roster? Mm. The answer ends up becoming Jaron Duran. And I feel like a, such an idiot for not thinking of it. Because who? Be, what better to put in that extra spot than – the perfect pinch hitter, pinch runner for this team. He could have come in at any point that you needed him. The other thing I would have been very open to as well, they didn't decide to do it, and that's bringing him in as a defensive replacement. I thought after Arroyo, which we'll get into, he batted, he 
went up to bat in the seventh or eighth, I thought after his at bat, they'd pull him for Duran and then move Kike to second for overall a stronger, probably stronger defensive lineup. They didn't end up doing it, but either way, it works. I feel like an idiot for not seeing it before. You know, I was surprised to see Vasquez not start because you look at his war defensively. Hmm. He's been a positive 1.3 war on defense this year. LJ, you've certainly referred to him on this podcast as one of the best defensive catchers in the league. Uh, Surprised to see him not get the start, but Ploiecki caught a great game. Hits that uh, big double off of Garrett Cole, which uh, not, you know, it doesn't end up mattering, but uh, nice game block by Ploiecki overall. I mean, sure, the Red Sox roster without Jose Iglesias. I mean, Jaron Duran, why not give him a couple postseason? I mean, he only, he didn't get any out of bats tonight, but why not give him? The experience that, uh, you know, just being on a playoff roster, being an option, potentially. Uh, I don't blame the Red Sox for doing that whatsoever. Uh, as for the entire second inning, though, I'd have to say Garrett Cole pitched very good. He made one mistake. Uh, honestly, for the whole night, this is what I'm going to say about uh, Garrett Cole. I really only think he made a couple of mistakes. If you were watching on TV. His pitches had a lot of movement. Uh, he was hitting his spots actually pretty well. Like other than the two home runs, which I know sounds like a bit of like a stretch, but other than those two home runs, pretty much every pitch was where Higashioka wanted it to be. And that's all you can ask from your pitcher, honestly. Like, look, the two home runs, the Bogarts home run was right down the middle. Can't, you know, that's, there's no excuse there. Um, before you keep going, do we want to just let me preface uh, the Reds, the Yankees don't do anything in the top of the third. Hmm. Bottom of the third is where Brandon's about to get into as Kyle Schwarber rips a home run to right field, followed by a Kike Hernandez single. And then the Rafi Devers second walk of the day before Garrett Cole was ultimately replaced after two innings of work. So continue. Yeah, and most, I think that they pulled him, if this was a regular season game, they're absolutely going to keep him in the game. Uh, The fact that the ALDS starts on Friday, that's in the back of the Yankees' mind, especially the analytics department. They would much rather have him start in game one or game two, whatever game they would choose to start him in, in the ALCS, rather than have him go six or seven innings in this game. Uh, And whether it's going to hurt the Red Sox or not, I don't know. Certainly, Evaldi's not going to pitch in game one or uh, of the ALDS as he goes five and it goes further than five innings in this game. But, uh, no, honestly, I'm I'm fully in the camp with that. I don't care because I mean I'm fully in the camp of you do what you have to do to win the games. You add that with the fact that this bullpen has been a disaster since the last Yankees series that I genuinely wouldn't have known, let alone closer. I think this was the only the only 
combination of relievers you're going to see in this game, it's the only combination of relievers that I would trust to get those outs, to be able to cobble through that group with relative success. Um, what was it, only one run, two runs, two runs to the reliever. No, one run to the relievers um, during that stretch. Um, as for my thoughts on Cole, I don't think it was nearly as much a ALDS move as much as a winning this game because he was floundering, but also winning the momentum battle because I'm not sure if this picked up much on the broadcast, but it was getting very rowdy very quickly in that building to the point where I included um, basically the entirety of right field, right center, all the way down to first base was flat out jeering Garrett, Garrett from from the from the last out of the second inning. So at that point when he went out there, when he was going out there, they were already jeering him. And then as soon as Schwarber started teeing off on him, it just got even worse and worse. And so I think he probably could have gone longer and he could have possibly figured it out with not a ton more damage done. But at that point you're also risking he, he was he Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. It felt from at least where I was that he was at least a little bit rattled. And if he wasn't rattled, the momentum of the room, the momentum for the team was about to hit a screeching halt to the point where, uh, to a point of no return, if they had not pulled Cole there. I agree. I mean, look, I mean, at the end of the day, you're trying to win the game. And was bringing Clay Holmes the best spot there? Probably because he ends up working a nice double play. Uh, his piss, his, his, his pitches looked absolutely nasty throughout the game, actually throughout the whole season. Uh, and look, Cole just didn't have it. I mean, I just don't think he, he approached the Red Sox best hitters in the best way that he could. Uh, at the end of the day, his two innings are not what we wanted, but, I also don't think we were going to have him go more than five innings because of this race series where clearly whatever team would win this is the heavy, heavy underdog in this next ALDS with the Rays being able to set up their bullpen starting pitching staff very well. Uh, Yes, of course, LJ did pick the Red Sox for his bracket. Uh, 
you know, as for the third inning, I mean, there was a couple of calls where it was a check swing and they called a strikeout and it was very questionable. And that's not even me being a homer. I just don't know if Joey Gallo in the first inning went all the way around. Same within the second inning. I'm not sure whether that or second or third inning. I'm not sure whether that was Rizzo or that happened to be Brett Gardner or or Higashioka. Very questionable calls by the base umpires uh, in those uh, strikeouts. Not that it matters whatsoever because the final score of the game wouldn't have mattered to those, but I just thought that that was, uh, you know, somewhat important to those who are watching the game. If you have a chance to go watch the highlights, check it out. I'm still not convinced that Joey Gallo went all the way around in the first inning. I mean, I I thought that was, I don't remember that one. I, if the third one, the one in the third inning with Anthony Rizzo, I, I remember it being one when I was looking at the replay, because this is actually something I'm glad you brought up calls. Um, Home plate umpire was terrible both sides yes, the entire night. But both, both sides. That's exactly what I'm going to say here because I had the privilege in the grandstands. They have TVs, so it's got the ESPN broadcast up there as well if it's you know too far for you or whatever. Mm. Also, it's a good spot to just you know see random things in between pitches. And I have to say, I am really pleased with the job ESPN did without – the sound on i did not get any of the actual commentary but just from a setup standpoint and here's here's why i thought it was great the amount they used the 3d strike zone and they didn't do that all season they did not use it nearly as much all season but they used it for at least half the pitches that were thrown because it was terrible calls pretty much what's amazing and it's amazing though because i think it's great they're actually holding these umpires accountable and making sure people can see it without having to go and look for the umpire scorecard or whatever. They're allowing the average fan to see it. They're holding them accountable. And I hope they do that all, all uh, postseason. I hope the other channels take their cues from that and do that as well, because it was absolutely fantastic. Also one more thing before we leave the third inning, it should be noted. This is the shortest start of Garrett Cole's career. Also, in Garrett Cole's last playoff start in Pittsburgh, Schwimmer also took him deep. So there are two guys that should be calling people daddy in this game. One of them, it should be Garrett Cole calling Kyle Schwimmer daddy. It, it's earned at this point. You mean Kyle Schwimmer calling uh, Garrett Cole daddy? Dude's pimped two moonshots off the guy. I think he's his dad. I think I think Garrett Cole is certainly the son at this point. Agree. All right. Uh, um, I can agree with that. Yeah. Uh, fourth inning, not much happens, part in part because absolutely fantastic pitching by Clay Holmes. That was a really well pitched game. There, there, there are other ones on this in this game pitchers that I would not say pitched that well. But Clay Holmes certainly did. Clay Holmes has legitimately been one of the best 15 relievers in the MLB this year. And I'm ready to debate that with anybody. I mean, 
when you have 18 inches of arm side movement on your two seam fastball, I just don't know what reliever is better than you. And he looked really good. He got the ground ball that we brought him in to get. And LJ, I'm kind of happy you didn't have the audio on your broadcast because you didn't have A-Rod cracking his 75 jokes, which he laughs at himself. Uh, You were lucky in, in, in that sense to not have to listen to his annoying laugh and uh, his jokes, which just, you know, are not very necessary during a wild card game. Uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't even tell you what his jokes were. They were so irrelevant to the game, but ESPN to have Matt Vaskergen as your broadcaster, who is an absolutely fantastic play-by-play commentator, they feed him so much garbage to talk about, even during a wild card game. It amazes me, LJ. You could you could even just I'm not sure what they talked about, but you could literally just go around the rest of the league and talk about other storylines for the rest of the playoffs. This is the perfect time to advertise the playoffs, and that would be quality entertainment but i'm sure they didn't do that um as for clay holmes i did just pull it up on baseball savant brandon there's a lot of red here a lot of red 96th percentile in barrel percentage 95th percentile in expected slugging as well as in 90th percentile or higher in every other expected stat yeah has been very good this year uh, I believe his contract status, he still has quite a few years of service time remaining with the Yankees. Uh, he has about four, uh, three years left of service time with the Yankees. Certainly a very nice, uh, you know, move for the Yankees to make to introduce him into this bullpen. Uh, as for the fourth inning, yeah, I mean, he gets out of the inning. Pitch is really good. Uh, Not much to say other than that. Other than LJ, I think I need to say I thought the Yankees were getting the best of Nathan Avaldi through the first few innings. I mean, they were hitting him hard pretty much every single time. Uh, They're working the count. I genuinely thought we were still in the game through the first few innings, even when it was 3-0. Or, yeah, even though it was 3 nothing. I genuinely thought we were still in the game because Evaldi was not his sharpest tonight. Yankees were absolutely crushing the ball off of him. So many warning track flyouts, so many hard ground balls, so many hard line drives. Uh, they were hitting the crap out of the ball off of him tonight. Yes, yeah, I'm going to take this opportunity to get into something I was going to uh... – mentioned later in terms of why I felt really comfortable with this game. I mentioned before this game, these types of games, the wildcard games usually go to whatever pitcher the starter out pitches the other. And I felt very comfortable with Ivaldi or Cole, not necessarily because of the past success or failure of Garrett Cole against the Red Sox, because that can certainly be debated but I think Ivaldi fits against this Yankees squad 
better than just about any other pitcher in the league. Brandon, this team is built around the home run, the long ball, the power. There are very few other starters in the league, certainly high caliber starters, that avoid giving up home runs as much as he did. Granted, he did give up one. We'll be getting two in the sixth inning. But um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, I gave up one in the sixth inning. But overall, that's kind of his MO. I mean, a lot of it's going to be, yes, sort of deep. But at the same time, he gets the job done. He avoids the home run as much as possible and gets a bunch of these guys, especially when he gets these guys into the air to be able to pop out. So from my point, I can certainly see what you're saying there. There was a lot of deep balls, but he was he was doing what he wanted. I mean, sure, you can say that that uh, the Red Sox have gotten the best of Garrett Cole this year, which you're not wrong whatsoever. But let's not forget what the Yankees did last start off in Nathan Avaldi, yes. yeah. where they got seven earned runs in two and two-third innings off of him. Both of the starters heading into the game knew that the other offense has gotten the best of them during this season. Yes. Honestly, and with the exception of, like, one start, Garrett Cole hasn't pitched bad against the Red Sox this year. No. Two starts. But – And same with Evaldi. And same with Evaldi. And it would just happen to be, like, their, their last few starts against that team. Other than that, or their first start without spider start. tech. Yeah, which was literally like the first or second game without spider tech. When you know, I would argue that Garrett Cole had his best starts this year. After that, I mean, he strikes out fifteen angels, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, without it. Uh, that's with Otani and like a good phrase. It's it's fifteen strikeouts. You know, it is what it is. I mean, strikes out fifteen angels go, goes immediately to hell. I mean, if Joanna Doan, uh, or yeah, whatever his Joanna name is, Joanna Doan was filthy. Don't get me started. If if he had just held on for another inning, Red so- this game is in Yankee Stadium, completely different game. But of course, it's not. Uh, but LJ, let's get on to the fifth inning where, uh, scoreless pretty much. Uh, oh, the fifth thing, yes. Um, I do have one thing here, and I saw a text from you earlier. I wasn't sure if you were being sarcastic, but this is very similar to the situation you were seeing with Ivaldi. Luis Severino, I know he just came back. He didn't look that good, Brandon. I'm going to disagree with you, LJ. If you wa- if you've watched the broadcast where Severino's been pitching, sure. In the fifth inning, they, the Yankees bring in Severino. LJ, he worked a one, two, three inning. I no, mean, no, no. He, he did. What I'm can saying- you argue about like that he didn't look good? He got all three batters out. I'm arguing for, st- well, for starters, Schwerber. Schwarber to Rizzo was the exact same thing as Rizzo to Dahlbeck, for starters. Sure, sure. But overall, me watching those pitches and then watching them again on the broadcast, they felt like very hittable pitches. I think the fifth and part of the sixth inning 
it felt to me more like the Red Sox missing opportunities than Severino not giving them. Fair. I mean, I guess that's fair. It's also I mean, worth- at, the end, at the end of the day, he execute he he did what he needed to do, which is all that matters. But I wasn't blown blown away with him this time. You know, bring I would have if if I was the manager of the Yankees, personally, I would have brought out Severino after Cole and then Holmes. In into a into runners on base. Yes. Uh I'm confident in Sevy. Uh with the way he's pitched this year, the way he pitched last week in Boston with runners on base, believe it or not. Uh I'm confident in Sevy to work out of a jam. Holmes is kind of the guy where, sure, you're bringing him with, with runners on base and he's your ground ball guy for sure. So you would want him there in that situation. But in that kind, in this kind of situation, if you're really planning for the ALDS, which I was meaning to say earlier, LJ, I mean, it's kind of the story of the Yankee season, just planning for the game <laughs> ahead of this one, right? right? I mean, like, we literally punted a whole series at the Tigers so that we could plan for a Rays and Red Sox series, uh, which had we had won Absolutely. even one of those games against the Tigers, we would have been hosting this game in Yankee Stadium. Uh, you know, it's just it's just how the Yankees operate, though, and it – it's a big conversation, which we're going to have during the off season as to what the Yankees do with their front office and manager and everything. But personally, that's what I would have done. They the same, right? Huh? They made the playoffs. Everything is good. They stay the same, right? Isn't that how uh, it works in New York? Please, no. If we fired Joe Girardi after game seven of the ALCS, there's no reason why this, the, there should be an excuse here. Uh, I, don't know. I, I would be worried. There's, there's, there's absolutely no excuse. I would be worried only because they seemed very impressed with Boone and the run they went on in August. A lot of that got credit. All right. So, so we won 13 days, games in a row after we had been on one of the hottest and cold stretches back to back, pretty much in the history of our franchise. And You know, I don't even know at this point. Like, look, our team is eliminated from the playoffs now. I can pretty much say whatever I want to say. There's, It's not like anything is going to happen. I don't know, man. I mean, was it the right move for Boone to bring Clay Holmes instead of Sevy? Sure. He got the double play, got out of the inning, pitched us through a second inning. It worked. Uh, (laughs) Uh, and also, it's like since April 1st, opening day, pretty much every day, I'd say I've watched 135 of the 162 games the Yankees have played. All of those nights, I have planned my night around watching the Yankees. Waking up tomorrow and realizing I'm not going to be able to plan my day around the Yankees until Realizing you now have April. to focus on the Giants. Yeah, now now I have to now I'm obligated to watch Giants, Cardinals, and Red Sox Rays. It's gonna be brutal. Oh no, Brandon, Brandon, don't don't act don't act like you forget. I'm talking about the New York football giants. Uh well, that was a nice win against the Saints. Uh 
Mr. Saquon Barkley finally stepped up. But regardless of that, you know, it's whatever. I'm not going to sit here and complain about the bullpen moves because no. we genuinely got outplayed today. No, the, and the, and the bullpen Sebi, even though even though Sebi gives up that run, uh, I mean – he didn't allow an earned run the whole year. Let's not forget this guy literally came back from Tommy John and didn't like made a couple of rehab starts and got hurt in those rehab starts. Then just was like, all right, screw it. No more rehab starts. We'll just go straight to the majors. Pitches huge innings for us last weekend at Fenway. Uh, I mean, I can't be mad at the guy. He's going to be on our starting rotation next year. Uh, his, he's looked awesome in the time he's been with the Yankees. And uh, and playoff Seve and playoff Cole sounds like one hell of a punch, one-two punch. The thing is, like, LJ, I literally went to a game where the Yankees lost the playoff Cole, and it was just a completely different pitcher, but that was the ALCS where the team is not intentionally holding him back to pitch. And even in this situation, sure, he pitched bad tonight. I, I, I can guarantee he would have pitched bad any night uh, in this situation. It just happens. I mean, I'm never going to blame. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm never going to blame the manager for saving our best pitcher for the game. Just didn't have it tonight. Uh, if this was the ALCS, I'd say the same thing. This is the World Series, I'd say the same thing. When your pitcher just doesn't have it, it happens. And it sucks for it to happen in the playoffs, but it it is what it is. I mean, I pretty much got to that point of the season where I pretty much don't care anymore about the moves that were made because it is what it is. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Right. Right. Well, LJ, do we want to get on to the sixth inning or unless you have something else? I'm very excited for the sixth inning. Also, it should also be noted, granted, because I just looked up the uh, playoff roster for the first time for the Sox. Josh Taylor technically made his return today. He was on. The he line. was in the bullpen. Yes, yeah. he was. He was warming up in the bullpen with Hansel Robles. Yes. So, um, anyway, top of the sixth inning. This is where Ivaldi flounders. He lets up a uh, home run to right field. Pretty sizable shot pulled by Rizzo. Aaron Judge singles directly after that, and that's the point where 
Cora finally, or not finally, but decides to pick the pull the plug. The reason I'm saying finally is because it feels like every time that Nathan Evaldi's had a good game this year, he's decided, all right, you know what? I'm forcing you through to the eighth inning. And it doesn't matter how bad things go. So I'm glad he finally got a clue in this one. Which surprised me, LJ, because if game one is Friday, you're really fine with Erod and then whoever for game two without Evaldi. I mean, you could realistically go down 2-0 and not yes. have your best pitcher go. Yes, I, uh, I feel I feel comfortable with that because A, I think winning the wild card game is more important than winning the ALDS. You go as far as you can go. And I am going to take the win this game at all costs strategy over any other pre-planned strategy for a game that I'm not guaranteed to be in. The other thing you're completely underplaying is the fact that it's not like we have some bum going in game two. It will be Chris Sale. So who has not looked good in his last three, two, two starts. But again, Evaldi didn't look good in his last start either. So fair, not that much of a big deal. I don't think either, but anyway, We've now got a runner on first with Mike Stanton up to the plate. Mike hits a boomer off the monster, gets horribly played. Now, Brandon, you hit a shot like that. You have a horribly played ball by the outfield by the two solid out defensive outfielders. You probably expect to get that run from first in, right? Well, uh, it turns out that Phil Nevin got a nice visit from his uncle Xander. As Kike Hernandez gets the relay throw into Xander Bogarts, who manages to throw out Aaron Judge at the plate, saving the run and keeping that inning down to just one run, keeps it to be, what would it be at that point? Um, it would have been 3-2 if we scored that extra run. Instead, it's 3-1. to one. Uh, look, here's my thing on this. I texted this to our fantasy football group chat, which certainly has a lot of baseball fans in it. The Yankees this year, like if I was to corner someone in the Yankees analytics office and ask them, and like, this is even, I could have said this argument in July. It's like, why do you so aggressively send runners? Even when you think that you don't have a chance. I would hope that they would have an – if I was to corner them and they have to talk to me for five minutes, I would hope they have a legitimate answer with stats to back it up as for why we so aggressively send runners. Uh, for people saying fire Phil Nevin, you're idiots. Uh, it's not up it, – it's up to him, but – it's not up to him at the same time. People don't understand how big of analytics have on stuff like that, like sending runners. They have all uh, strategy already pre-played. He knows exactly what situations should be at absolute sends and what ones are at his discretion. Right. And, I mean, when you look at how our offense had been performing up until that point, I, I cannot blame him for this loss absolutely whatsoever i mean just just my opinion and people don't understand how big of a leader phil phil nevin is on the team in the first place to begin with sure judge gets thrown out at home by 
a couple of steps to throw beat him by a mile. Great tag, great relay by the Red Sox. Uh, just happens that Stanton, you know, if this game was at Yankee Stadium, he hits three home runs. The Yankees win this game. Instead, all three go off the green monster. Uh, We're out. It is what it is. I mean, that's all, all that's, I know is it's that baseball. Bill Dennis, it it, yeah. it literally is just baseball. Like that's just okay. how it works. And like I said, I'm not even complaining here. And you guys have heard me complain a lot on this show. I just can't complain because at this point, it's just baseball. It, the playoffs are such a crapshoot that it literally just comes down to randomness in my mind. That's that's just how I approach it. And you guys know, at least the whole year, I've been very, I'm a very analytically approached person. But the way the playoffs work when it's a one game or a five, even a five game series, it just comes down to so many random weird events that I cannot blame a specific person and even possibly thinking thinking about firing them because of one little moment in a wild card game. Hmm. I don't know how you feel all, about all I, all I know is uh, his papa, Hunter Renfro, decided to leave him off with his Funkel Xander for the day. That's all I know about Phil Nevin right now. Anyway, seven. are we ready for the seventh inning? Yep. Yeah, oh. sure. Um, no, my bad. I forgot a run. The Red Sox do score in the bottom as Alex Verdugo is able to rip a double to right field, just like right into the corner. This scores Xander Bogarts to make the lead back to three again. That's really all of note that happened there. Moving along to the seventh. And Brandon, do you know why the sixth inning was afraid of the seventh inning? Because it ate. Because of Tanner Houck. Oh. Uh, Tanner Houck comes out here like a G, gets a line out from Glaber, and then strikes out the last two. Crowd was going pretty heavy. Oh, forgot one other thing. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. Going back to the judge play, we all we could do is laugh as we kept peeking up at the ESPN thing. They must have played that play like 25 times throughout the game. A-Rod was a big fan of analyzing that one. It was obscene how many times they showed that clip. A-Rod was very into breaking down that play, uh, which, I mean, look, here's my thing with A-Rod, right? I genuinely think he has great insight to share. It's just all the garbage ESPN feeds them that they need to you know talk about during the game is what holds them back if he was like a pre-game or post-game show guy he would be amazing it's just during the game (laughs) when it comes to analyzing stuff they have him talking about so much other crap that just doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things that (laughs) I, i don't know uh I would much rather see him as a pregame or postgame guy. Yeah, that makes sense. Just like you know the meme, uh, stop stop hitting him, he's dead already. Mm. That's basically what they did to judge in that. And I was just like, I was shocked how many times they played it. 
So after the seventh inning, the Red Sox were up four yes. to one, five. Up, after the top of the seventh, they were up four to one. And then Alex Verdugo comes up to the plate again with two outs in the seventh inning. And he's able to hit a sharp, as quoted by MLB, sharp, sharp single line drive into left center field. Um, absolute bullet through the deep through the infield. This is able to score, I believe it was Schwarber and Kike as Xander goes over to third as the bases were loaded. That and they got the out to end the inning as yeah, well got, on that play. Yes, they got the out on Verdugo trying to advance to second, which I wouldn't have thought was even in question with how that um, where that ball went because it was kind of right in the middle of the gap. Brandon didn't get past the defenders, but they certainly had a ways to travel for it. They weren't charging on the ball by any means. So I would a good job by the Yankees defense to be able to get that in and get that out at second because it looked to me like he should have definitely been there. And he and he certainly there was certainly no lack of hustle in Alex Dugo today by any means. Now my question to you is watching it on the broadcast there is no way in my mind that second run scored be, before we got the out. And they never showed a replay. They never even showed the score going to commercial until we came back for the eighth inning. And all of a sudden, they show the Red Sox scored two runs. I always thought the rule was if you tag the runner out before the other guy scores, it doesn't count. But all of a sudden, it just counts because – for 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 what reason? Um, I can tell you what I know. I, I thought that was the rule as well. I can tell you what I saw. So for starters, it wasn't just that they didn't change the score on ESPN. It took them a while in between innings to establish the score. It took them a minute or so to confirm amongst all the umpires where everything was. I didn't watch the runners go across the plate. I ended up I was focused on the ball and I was focused on Verdugo, but I can tell you for a fact that Xander Bogarts had just pulled in to third base when the uh, the ball was coming in to the second baseman to make the tag on Verdugo. So if that's any indicator on where the other runner would be, I'm not sure. I, I haven't seen it well enough to be able to tell you if he was in or not, but I mean, Xander was at least – he was solidly into third, so there's a decent chance that the home guy might have been there. Yeah, I mean, look, on ESPN, they didn't do it justice whatsoever because they never showed a replay, and then they just got totally back into the game. And it was like, wait a minute, like, can we at least see, like, how close it was to tacking out? Who, who even got that hit? Was that, that was Verdugo? Verdugo? Yes. That was, was why like, I was saying I'm not sure who I give the player of the game to because, I mean, Xander Bogarts, what a strong start. What a clutch hit there in the first. It's him clutch, for me. It's a clutch play me. on defense. Then you look at Verdugo's line, two for four with two solid knocks and three of the RBIs from that. I, I was still planning on giving to Bogarts, but – yeah, it was certainly a uh, – it, it's a close call. And then for a while, Evaldi was in there too until the home run. I was very strongly thinking 
giving him a case for player of the game. Anyway, we are now in the eighth inning, which with a decision that truly stunned me here as they decide to go with Hansel Robles in replacement of Tanner Houck. Stunned me as well because... Sanchez Odor and Rizzo, you'd think he'd come in for the ninth, right? Either the ninth or, you know, I wasn't sure who you'd bring in, but I was like, this seems like a Whitlock moment here. Sure, Rizzo's a lefty, but it was Odor, who's pinch hitting, who's also a lefty. And, uh, you know, I don't know. They're both right-handed pitchers, right? So it's like, it was confusing yeah. to me because you traded for Hansel Robles to kind of be a late-inning guy and to have Garrett Whitlock be your guy to close it out. Spoiler was confused, alert. Was, confu- was confusing to me, but, I mean, it worked. Like, that's what I'm saying with this whole game. I'm not going to argue with any managerial move because I genuinely think the managers the were on top of their game yeah. the whole night. But uh, it was just, like, <laughs> very questionable during the game for both sides. I, I totally agree with you there. And look, Brandon, you've been talking a lot about the idea of making sure you're in a good position for the ALDS. That has not been the Red Sox motto with this stuff. So I went into this game fully expecting to see all of our best relievers. And that's what we got. We got the four guys that are flat out pitching the best right now all pitched in this game, but I was floored to see Hansel Robles in the eighth. Um, Just to skip ahead a little bit, adding context, Garrett Whitlock gets, Garrett Whitlock replaces Robles in the ninth, gives up a home run to Stanton, made it six to two, so it didn't really do that much, and then he finishes it out for the win here, but no, I just... I was confused because you bring in Robles in the eighth to pitch to Sanchez, Odor, Rizzo, fully knowing it, as long as Whitlock stayed clean or if you had to bring him in after in, in the middle of the eighth, that the ninth would be Judge Stanton Gallo. It felt like it, it was a no-brainer. Robles is certainly the most experienced of the four guys that I'm saying I can genuinely trust right now in Brazier, Hauk, Robles, and Whitlock. So it just, it was a confusing move to me, but you're right, it worked. Yeah, as for Joey Gallo, my one hope for him tonight was that he would make like some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of impact on the game. He had two fly balls, I believe, that made it to the warning track, which... I can't be mad about all the Yankees fans and all the fans who are still stuck in the eighties mindset are going to think that this dude's a terrible player uh, because oh. he hit under 200. What With they won't realize said, is that they don't know what OPS is and they don't understand any sort of advanced stat where the dude is actually one of the best players in the league. But uh, that being said, I do have to say there was one thing that kind of just felt weird to me with the game experience tonight 
in between watching the Aaron Judge play for the 35th time, I happened to look over and see the... Uh, only the 35th time. Only the 35th time. No, the next couple came uh, an inning or so after that. Um, but anyway, they've got the center field. They've got the guy's stats, a uh, quick, a couple stat lines. It's usually for everyone. It's average home runs, RBIs is what they put down there. It's quick, simple to the point. They put his position, they put a little uh, flavor text along with the picture. So everybody else gets average home runs, RBIs. And they have the audacity to put OP or OB on base percentage up for Joey Gallo and Joey Gallo only. Why are the Red Sox protecting Joey Gallo? <laughs> I kid you not, he's the only one who got on base percentage. It just replaced the average slot. Good. I mean, that's what no. matters more. When your on-base percentage is 150 points higher than your batting average, and you have the second most walk, you have the most walks in the American League, it should be up there. And for all the fans, like Yankee fans included, because I have certainly read a lot of Yankees commentary on Reddit, it, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. For the fans that genuinely think that this dude is a scrub, like you need to watch the games. Please just watch a couple innings of the games and tell me that this guy's a bad player. I mean, if Joey Gallo doesn't have, I mean, this is a much, this is kind of an extreme, but if Joey Gallo has no value, then Kyle Schwarber has a hell of a lot less value than he currently does. Which right. would also like, be wrong. And that's what I'm saying. Like a walking machine. I'm just sick of the fans that are still stuck in the 80s that still think that, that wins and RBIs are the most important stat. Well, wins are an important stat, but we can get into that later. <laughs> but that still think, all right, average and RBIs are the two most important stats for hitters. It's time to grow up. It's time to realize that there are stats that neutralize all this and can actually prove who the better hitter is. Uh, I'm just sick of the fans that are constantly hating on this guy. It, it feels like I'm... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner defending judge in his rookie year where he struck out so much and i'm like but the guy should be the mvp i got into an argument with someone on twitter today because they were trying to tell me that the mvp has to come from a playoff team and i was like so the other 24 players matter to the mvp is what you're saying like it's not just one player it's the whole team and they couldn't understand that concept like they just don't get that in baseball the best that you only hit one out of nine times it's not football it's not basketball the value of a player in baseball is so much different than any other sport that 
if you don't wa- actually watch the sport and just look solely based off of stats, you will be so misled, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's an interesting situation. Um, ninth other, inning. Other than that, yeah, ninth inning, I, we kind of covered. Um, Lock, the Yankees spit in his eyes, said he was no good. Comes out for the ninth inning. I'm sorry, I had to do it just one last time. Um, one last time. Because, you know, because Alex Cora is a freaking sucker for the poetic moments. Brings him out as the last pitcher to face the, the Yankees. Gives up that, you know, garbage time homer to Mike Stanton. And other than that, it was a pretty clean inning. Garrett Willard gets the win. I stood there dancing they played like three times as much the music after the game as any other day so it was fun i i kid you not we stayed for way longer than you normally would just with the amount of people there and the stadium was still like a third full when we left like no one wanted to leave It, it it was pretty awesome we got to see we got to see the judge play a couple more times too it's obscene how many other times it's shown. I'm sorry. It just boggles my mind. Um, Brandon, any thoughts on that? Or can I get into my rant about the fact that it makes no sense to me that Garrett Willock doesn't even get sniffed for Rookie of the Year? I think the AL Rookie of the Year is pretty much locked up. Sure, Garrett, Garrett Whitlock had a fantastic year. Uh, and I'm not going to take anything away from him because I'm all about analytics and everything like that. Three war is very impressive in 73 innings. Uh, I just don't see how you can't give it to Randy or Rosarena. All right, real uh, quick. Or Am even I Wander Franco. LJ, you have been the biggest Wander Franco supporter, and now to all of a sudden be like somewhat forgetting about him is – Surprising. I am not forgetting about him, and I'm not asking for him to be the front runner for the. Also, one one thing, real quick, the the game where he didn't keep his on base streak, he still made it on base twice because of a fielder's choice. Like the dude just gets on base. (laughs) Look, all I'm saying is, I think it's a little questionable. Let's look at the guy at the bottom of the odds. If they're showing the top, just about everywhere shows the top five in odds, and it is pretty much always Rosarena, Franco, Mountcastle, Garcia, or Adolis Garcia, Luis Garcia. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm finding very few places other than innings pitched and wins that Luis Garcia outplays him. He's got at least half a war less. He's got a far worse ERA. And we start. I know people are a sucker for starter, but I'm not asking for him to win. I'm asking for him to at least be mentioned in these conversations because it makes no sense. No, he should be mentioned for sure. You, uh, don't, you, don't, you don't just go under t- with a sub two ERA in your rookie year as a bullpen arm and not get mentioned at all for rookie of the year. The other thing I want to bring up is that Giancarlo Stanton Probably should have had three home runs tonight. I think I might have said that at the beginning of the show. Sorry. A couple times. 
uh, you know, had a couple drinks tonight, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but it's <laughs> that homer in the ninth. LJ, I don't know if you saw the clip yet. John Sterling in the very first inning of the game did his full Stanton home run call. It is high. It is far. It is gone. A Stantonian blast. It took him about a minute and a half after doing the call to realize it was only a single. He I genuinely saw, I said, I don't know what I saw wrong. I don't know what I saw wrong. The ball must have hit the wall. <laughs> Which just cracked me up so much. I saw a Bleacher Report headline, but I hadn't seen the video. That's really funny. Oh, it's it's pretty good. And yes, LJ, Luis Garcia just misses out on Garrett Whitlock for war. Two point six for him. Whitlock has two point nine according to baseball reference. Garcia has thrown about 60 more innings than Garrett Whitlock has. As a starter. As a starter. So that's very different things. And the Yankees, let's not forget, they protected Brooks Krisky over Garrett Whitlock in the Brooks Rule Krisky 5 minor league draft. Work. And Brooks Krisky is currently, at the end of the year, he was not, he was on the uh, Orioles triple A team to end the year. So, um, also, I'm imagine if we had that guy for this year. I don't understand why everyone loves him that much. Ryan Mountcastle, also kind of a bum compared to Garrett Whitlock. But he's a position player, um, like that's the thing. The dude put didn't even put up one war this year, but LJ he hit. Yeah, but LJ, all the 80s fans, he hit 33 home runs and 89 RBIs. I mean, he would have got – LJ, he would have been a top five MVP finisher in, in 1989. Yeah, with his 255 batting average. Oh, for sure. 33 home runs doesn't even matter at that point, LJ. Or that doesn't even matter at that point. He would have been a t- – he might have got a first-place vote in the MVP in 1980. I just love to hate on the old Bullshit. awards bit award voting. We've been doing so good about not like using real swear words for a while, and then I ruined it. Well, LJ, the ninth inning, like you said, Whitlock closed it closes it out. Stanton hits a homer. Uh, if you would have told me Judge and Stanton were healthy the whole year, uh, I would have thought the Yankees would have at least made it past the wild card game. Actually, I would I would have asked what you what you've been drinking. If I would have said Judge and Stanton were healthy the whole year, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a miracle in itself. For all this year, shut up all the Stanton haters, all the people no, who are saying I'm still here. I'm alive and well. I just don't know what there is to hate on anymore. There's just a you see a stat line now. If people are genuinely expecting him to hit 59 homers every year, I'm sorry. (laughs) You can just go watch a couple of Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, and Mark McGuire highlights if you want guys who hit 59 homers in a season. Uh, It's just not going to happen. And to finish the year with a 136 OPS plus, 
uh, 35 homers. He hit 273. Like, uh, <laughs> all the Santa haters can just shut up now. Please, please just stop talking. Mike, Mike. Mike, 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 Mike. Still, he still has no excuse for that. No, he shouldn't have changed his name. No, uh, Mike Stanton. <laughs> played 2010 and 2011 under the name Mike Stanton. And then all of a sudden was like, you know, what if I change my name and then become a perennial all-star? He, he, did, it, he did it with the uh, rebrand. When they went to the Miami Marlins, he became Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah, you know, it was a part of the plan. Maybe Wander Franco will change his name when they become the Montreal Rays. What, to uh, Wyatt? What's a really Canadian name? Wanda. Wanda Wanda Franco. Wanda Franco. Uh, Well, Red Sox win 6-2. They're getting beat by the... They're, they're getting beat by Tampa in three Rays, games. Sox and four. They're getting Sox beat by Tampa in three four. games. Shane McClanahan versus Eduardo Rodriguez game one. Or is it going to be Chris Sale game one? Probably but, Eddie. No, he, he barely pitched. in Because it's, it's Thursday. It's so. Thursday, and he didn't pitch that much Monday. Okay, so Sale game one, Eddie – Eduardo Rodriguez game two. All right. So Rays in four, worst case scenario. Uh, LJ, of of course, I'll be watching it. Playoff baseball is the best, but uh, you get to face the pair of Shane, Shane Baz, Shane McClanahan. It is the first pair of teammates to share the same name to start a postseason game since. The 2010 Phillies, where it was Roy Halladay and Roy Oswalt. Uh, prior to that, it was the 1948 Indians, Bob Feller, Bob Lemon. Uh, prior to that, you got to go pretty far back. The 2010s were good for Roy's, weren't they? The early 2010s. Roy, Roy Oswalt is genuinely a fantastic pitcher no one talks about. If anyone's got time, go and check out his baseball reference page. I mean, this guy, 50 career war, absolutely shoved for a couple of years. Uh, it was overshadowed because Roger Clemens was on his team. And then, uh, oh, yeah, Roy Halladay was on his team. Like, he genuinely was one of the best pitchers in the league. He was like a Brandon Woodruff almost, where like he was an ace, but there was just, there just happened to be someone who was a generational talent in front of him. Check out Roy Oswald's baseball reference. And you're, and you're uh, very casually also leaving out other great Roy's of the 2010s era, including Pacers legend Roy Hibbert. Roy Hibbert. Oh, yeah. How could I forget? Brandon, Brandon Roy. Oh, Brandon Roy, don't get me, bro. That Blazers team could have been something. LJ, let me just say, once the NBA starts in like less than a month, uh, there's going to be a lot of NBA content on the show, which <laughs> might overlap with the World Series. And sorry, but Roy Campanella, can't forget about him. Great Dodgers player. Roy Welt, 
excuse me, Roy White, one we're, of the best. We're looking for only 2010s, though. Roy Roy White, one of the best Yankees players of all time, played in the 40s and 50s, or excuse me, 60s and 70s. Got, got the years messed up there. In terms of 2010s, I don't think there's a lot of Roy's, uh, unfortunately. We we went from uh, Roy's in the late 90s, early 2000s to Roy's in the 2010s for just a hot minute and then went back. True. In terms of Garrett's, I mean, Garrett, Garrett Whitlock closes out the game Garrett, for the Yankees. Garrett. Closes out the game for the Garrett. Yankees. The other, the other Garrett's. Garrett Cooper of the Miami Marlins, Amir Garrett of the Reds, uh, Garrett Hampson of the Rockies. Let's see who else. Here, Garrett Crochet sure. of Junk the Ball White G. Sox. Junk Ball G. Garrett Richards. Junk Ball G. Garrett Richards. How can I forget another Red Sox player? How about uh, Garrett Clevenger of the Dodgers? Uh, appeared in 22 games this year. I mean, there's a couple Garrett's there. But overall, LJ, do you have any last thoughts on this Red Sox-Yankees game? Uh, um, not, because I believe tomorrow we have a pretty packed show. We're going to not recap Cardinals-Dodgers as in-depth as we did this game because, frankly, none of us are attending that game. This is uh, also going on an hour 20. I don't think we're going to be able to get that much content out of the non-attended. You know, this I expected it to be this long, though. Um, you know, Dodgers-Cardinals, we're both excited for, right? I mean, we can both say if the Dodgers win, we both – well, you have the Giants making the World Series. But I personally think that, that the if the Dodgers win, they're winning the World Series. I'm excited to see the Dodgers because – Max Scherzer is out here very, very seriously trying to cement his place among the greats of the game here, and he's going to elicit a ton of respect if this will be, if I'm correct, a win tomorrow or a win today makes it nine straight wins. One, two, three, four, five, six. So seven straight wins in the playoffs. That's pretty nasty. It is pretty nasty. Uh, his negative war this season. Wait, what? No. Max Scherzer has negative war this season? No, he's got neg- 5.3. Why am I seeing negative 0.3 and negative? Oh, that's batting war. That's right. He did not get a hit this year. Forgot about that. There it is. His actual war. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Max Scherzer. Trying to cement his legacy. We talked about that yesterday. Adam Wainwright also in his own right trying to cement his legacy. Uh, Going to be a great game. Uh, I'm really excited for that game. Can't wait to see what happens. Now that I have no rooting interest, honestly, the pressure is off. I can just kind of root for whoever in the playoffs. Uh, I can scream at the TV for whoever. I can hedge my Dodgers bet by betting on the Cardinals tomorrow. 
have a lot of money on the Dodgers to win the World Series. Uh, so, yeah, Cardinals at two to one odds. Two to one odds to win a single baseball game just seems absolutely crazy to me, especially in the wild card game. Seems like a nice hedge a little bit, but very excited for that. As for the Yankees, one last thought for their season. Look, up and down, it's a roller coaster season. Uh, last couple of years, last however many years, we've ended it the way I've not wanted us to end it. But at the end of the day, LJ, you can agree with this. Only one team ends up being genuinely happy at the end of the year. And uh, the other 29 teams are not. And I'm a part of the 29 teams. I'm assuming the Red Sox will be a part of the 29 teams at some point. LJ, uh, I can't root for you guys, but I also can't root for the Rays. I'm just rooting for... Pitching to get used up. Yeah, basically, hopefully the Astros or the White Sox, uh, you know, end up uh, killing one of you guys in the CS. Hopefully one of them make the World Series. But even then, I hate the Astros. I'm in a dilemma, but my team's not in it, so I don't really have to worry about so the it. Only, the only team in the American League you want is the White Sox, even though this Astros team is nasty. And Yeah, I mean, I would love to see the White Sox because it would be the first time that someone with a legitimate prison – or no, not prison, but prison. arrest uh, – would manage a team to the playoffs. And can't say that's happened very much. Or ever. Maybe, maybe if you go back in years past, way back, you could see it. But look, we'll be watching Cardinals Dodgers tomorrow. We'll be recapping that. Tomorrow, we're going to start with our AL MVP ballot. After we recap Cardinals Dodgers, we'll do our, we'll both do our top 10. And uh, thank you all for listening. Can't wait for tomorrow. Can't wait for what the rest of the playoffs have to bring. And uh, follow us, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We will see you tomorrow. See you manana. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.